Welcome to the Daily Fantasy 5 Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Vecchio, and we are getting set for MLB action. Yes, baseball is back. Today's Saturday, March the 30th, and we have a full slate of games. As always, the podcast can be found on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play. It's all over the place. Give it a like, follow, or subscribe. Follow me on Twitter at DFS underscore Tom. Yes, baseball season is here. Opening day was just two days ago. On Thursday, we had a smaller slate yesterday, and now a full slate on Saturday. You know, would have loved to get a podcast out for opening day. Just the amount of, uh, you know, written content for all the different sites I contribute for, obviously, um, has to come first and, you know, just ties up a bunch of my time. So, we're back on a Saturday. We have a full slate of games. Yes, we have some of these slates you know, broken up, we have a six-game early slate on DK, a six-game main slate on DK. We have a four-game early slate on FanDuel, a an afternoon slate that is three games, then a six-game main slate. So kind of go all over the place. You know, play whatever you're going to play today. We have some great contests there, along with some, uh, you know, other sports going on, along with March Madness. Just absolutely unbelievable time of the year for sports. But starting off, I'm going to give a, a quick rundown of some, I would say, pitching options on each slate. We're going to actually just go early to late. I'm going to go DK main to DK main. I think that's what's going to be best. Six and six, that should cover all the games outside of this, what is it, uh, these two 6-10 games, Colorado at Miami and then Houston at Tampa Bay. Both of those start at 6-10. I, I do like Tyler Anderson in that game. I think he's going to be in a pretty good spot. His price is, is very affordable. On both sites, uh, I think you can actually go to wouldn't be wouldn't be opposed to going to some of the Rays hitters going up against Colin McHugh for the Astros. So if you're going there, uh, do that. But definitely be playing the main slate. So starting off, DK main slate, 1 p.m. start. We're in a great spot. A ton of high end pitching options. I think there maybe a few options in the lower end we could be taking a shot at. One. James Paxton for the New York Yankees will be making his first start for his new team. He comes in at $10,800 on DraftKings. He comes in as a minus 370 home favorite. Yankees coming with an implied total sitting at 6.42, highest on the, highest on the entire day, not just the slate, the entire day while the uh, Baltimore Orioles are lowest on the entire day at 2.08. We know Paxton is or was one of the best pitchers in the league last year, uh, despite some injury inconsistencies as this season went on, but a 32.3% strikeout rate and a 14.3% swing strike rate uh, is nothing to shy away from. Yes, he had a 34% hard contact rate, or you know, gave up a 34% hard contact rate, which certainly isn't good, especially uh, you know in in Yankee Stadium in New York. You know, a bit of home run upside uh, just due to the park. Orioles last season had a 23.6% strikeout rate versus left-handed pitching. He's the most expensive option on on DraftKings today. He's the most expensive option on the early slate on... No, excuse me. Trevor Bauer is the most expensive option on the uh, on, on the FanDuel early slate. I think you can be firmly going to either of them. Uh, we'll get to Bauer in a minute. But I, I think Paxton really, really sets up to be uh, one of the best overall options on DK. Now, there is a price difference between them on DK and FanDuel, which is what I want to get to now. Paxton is 10.8 on DK. Bauer is 9.8 on DK, which I think almost seems a bit too cheap considering if you look back at his last few starts dating back to last season, obviously, he was up at 13 and $12,000 and 10.4 and 12.5. You know, on FanDuel, we have Bauer at 11,000 and then we have Paxton at 10.4. It's basically a coin flip decision, but 
on DraftKings, you can go to Bauer as potentially your starting or your SP1 at 9.8, take a bit of savings, and then really have a little bit more salary flexibility to go to, you know, potential SP2. Now, is it impossible to jam both of these guys in and get Paxton and Bauer? Uh, I'm, I have it right here. You jam in Paxton and Bauer, you're left with 3.6 left per player on a six-game slate. That's kind of thin when it comes to, you know, just how many value options we'll have that have out there how many options we'll be able to you know make a well-rounded lineup yeah could both of these guys go for 25 or so points yeah absolutely um, but the rest of your lineup would be a bit thin I like Paxton I like Bauer uh, some stats on Bauer a 30.8 percent strikeout rate last season obviously that is still still phenomenal uh, coming in with a 13.3 percent swinging strike rate a you know a 3.21 Sierra a 2.21 ERA if you want to look at that Going up against Minnesota, didn't necessarily strike out a ton last year, a 21.3% strikeout rate for them as a team, but um, you know he had uh, he had their number last year. He had three starts against them last year, total of 18 innings pitched, only 13 hits against. He had gave up nine runs in those 18 innings, which isn't amazing, but he came away with 25 strikeouts in those 18 innings. Uh, you know, an average of 24.7 DK points over those three starts. So of course, gotta like Trevor Bauer. He is legitimately a you know a Cy Young candidate uh, this season. He was last season. Um, I'm on board with him. Right, nine point eight. Where do you want to look for an SP two? Listen, we have Strasburg and Syndergaard on the state. They're they're going head to head. Listen, both of those guys, we kind of know what they are. Um, they're kind of known commodities. So, so is Passion and so is Bauer. But I think that the potential win equity, if you want to look at it from that at that from that point, is certainly higher for Passion. It's certainly higher for Bauer compared to Strasburg and Syndergaard because they're going head to head. Can you take a stand on either of those guys? Absolutely, of course you can. Would I lean towards one of them in tournaments? Sure. I think I want to be going to Paxton and Bauer when it comes to cash games. But listen, we know Strasburg has been. You know, up against the Mets for however many seasons now. Yes, this is a new look Mets lineup. They are certainly going to be uh, better than they were last year. I'm not going to say they're going to be amazing, but they're going to be better than they were last year. The problem with Syndergaard is today is that the Washington Nationals don't strike out a lot. 20% strikeout rate versus right-handed pitching last season, which is actually one of the lowest ones on the slate, one of the best ones on the slate, if you want to put it like that. So Syndergaard can certainly get it done by himself with, uh, you know, about a 24% strikeout rate last season was a bit higher the year before. So I like him in tournaments, just not for cash games. You know, where do we want to be looking for an SP2 today, right? If you're going to be spending it for Paxton, you're going to be spending it for Bauer. You know, we go from Bauer at 9.8 on DK to Jake Dunis at 8.1. There's a bit of a price drop off. Uh, The matchup on paper is certainly... You know, a pretty solid one for Jake Junis going up against the Chicago White Sox with a 25.8% strikeout rate versus uh, right-handed pitching last season, which is dead last on the slate. Yes, worst of any team on the slate. The problem is Jake Junis isn't, uh, he's not a big strikeout guy, right? So we have a team that, yeah, their lineup has changed from year to year. Like it's going to be, again, another team that's going to be better this year than they were last year, but Junis isn't a big strikeout guy. He comes in with a 21.6% strikeout rate from last season, which is actually one of the lowest ones on the slate. So yes, he's in a good spot on paper, but you know, I don't know how many strikeouts we're truly going to be seeing from him. He faced them four times last year, the Chicago White Sox. He came with an average of 12.4 DK points um, per game, which isn't good. And considering their lineup got better and he's 8.1, that's really not enough, especially in a six-game slate where we have to be maximizing the potential upside we are getting. 
So the question is, who's the SP2 today? Who is the SP2 we can be looking at for cash games or GPPs? Really doesn't matter. Um, where can we be looking at? You know, I think if we drop down and and are willing to consider uh, someone right below Junis, actually on the other side of that game, Ronaldo Lopez, I think we actually can work with him, um, especially when it comes to GPPs. 7.8 tonight, I, I think, uh, or today, uh, is a very reasonable price going up against Kansas City, a team, again, that doesn't strike out a ton, 20.9% strikeout rate versus right-handed pitching. Lopez comes in with an 18.9% strikeout rate last season versus, or last season overall, which isn't amazing. He's 7.8 today. He struggled against Kansas City last year, but he is their second pitcher in their rotation. We know that this Kansas City team is actually going to be bad this season. They were bad last year. They're going to be bad this season. You can't say that he ended the season last year on a high note, which he did, and that has any impact because it's been so long. There's been spring training, all of these things. But I'm on board with Lopez tonight. We have a pretty solid park factor in his favor in Kansas City. We have the potential to be dealing with, I think there's a little bit of wind in this game, which is blowing in. Let me just double check that because MLB weather is something you have to keep up, you know, keep up with. Let's see, Kansas City, a little bit of precipitation, uh, cold weather, strong winds blowing in from left. Yes, so that's, I, I saw that before. This is one I'm double check. Blowing in from left. We have the ability to take advantage of the weather early in the season, especially in different parts of the country, right? When the Tigers are going to be playing at home in the upcoming week, they're starting off in Toronto, when they're going to be playing at home, it's going to be cold in Detroit. It's cold in Minnesota today. It's not going to be super hot, you know, the same way it is in Atlanta, maybe, or in Texas, or in California. So, you know, pay attention to this. Lopez has some legit stuff that can get it done against this weak Kansas City team in a great park factor with some weather that's going to help the pitching I really do like Lopez today. If we drop down and look at some further cheaper options, Trevor Williams, I think, is going to be at least decently popular, especially at 6.8 today. Williams isn't a big strikeout guy, only finishing last year with an 18% rate. Going up against the Cincinnati Reds today, who come with a 22.1% strikeout rate. Uh, so it is it is viable, right? I, I think it's at least in the mix today. Last year, um, you know, didn't have a, a big sample size against the Cincinnati Reds, two starts. He only went 12, point, 12 innings in those starts, only had eight strikeouts. He did come away with 18 fantasy points per or DK points per game in those two two starts on average, uh, which is encouraging because he's 6,800. And coming away with almost 20 DK points, knowing he's not a big strikeout guy, is something we should be keeping note of today. So Williams is certainly a guy I like. Aron Sanchez for Toronto, I think... I think we got to have him in the mix. Um, this Detroit team is also not going to be good. Aaron Sanchez is $7,000. Um, I like him enough today to take a shot on him in GPPs. Um, I just don't know how much exposure. So on the six-game early slate, it's going to be Paxton. It's going to be Bauer. It's then going to be uh, Lopez for Ronaldo Lopez for the White Sox. It's going to be a little bit of Trevor Williams, and then it's going to be a little bit of Aaron Sanchez. And I'm obviously at the top going to interchange Paxton and Bauer, and then Paxton and probably uh, Strasburg for those top end options. Uh, I also like the idea of going to listen. If you go to Bauer and Trevor Williams, you're left with almost 4.2 left per player for your hitters, and that is a ton on a six game slate. When it comes to offensive options on the early slate, the Yankees come in with the highest implied team total on the board, sitting at 6.42. We know they're going to be the same all season. It's going to be the Yankees and the Red Sox and the Astros and, you know, the Cubs and now the Phillies this year and parts of the Brewers lineup. It's going to be the same thing, I would say, every day, almost regardless of matchup. 
we're going to be seeing these teams super expensive. We're going to be seeing these teams with higher implied run totals. We're going to be seeing these teams, you know, as the favorites or in very close games, home or away. And it's really going to be a matter of what players can you fit into your lineup with their salary. It's really as simple as that. You look at the Yankees lineup, um, which has been confirmed as of now, you know, Brett Gardner leading off 4.3. You look down their lineup, Troy Tulowitzki is their cheapest guy at 3.7. And obviously the heart of their lineup, getting, you know, the big heavy hitters into your lineup are all expensive. Judge, Stanton, Voigt, Andujar, Sanchez, all these guys are 4,200 and above. I mean, these are expensive, expensive price tags, especially if you're looking to do, you know, a four or five man stack. So it is what it is with them. If you can afford to play them, have them in your lineups, absolutely do so. I'm never going to talk you off the Yankees, the Red Sox, Dodgers, uh, Cubs, Phillies, Brewers, any of these teams. We do have the Phillies and the Brewers on this slate. I think that they are both absolutely in play today and probably uh, make a really nice tournament pivot off of the Yankees who should be more popular. Now the Phillies come with a 4.83 implied run total. The Brewers are at 4.50. Uh, so we're going from the Brewers at 4.5 to the Yankees at 6.4, almost a two-run differential, which is actually massive. So we do have to take that in, into consideration. We know the Brewers are at home. They're in a good hitter's park. Um, I think you can firmly be going there. The Phillies are also a team you should be interested in today. Um, I also think that as we move on down the, down the line in terms of implied team totals, the Blue Jays are at 4.47 which is really, really interesting. Uh, They're at home. We know it's a decent hitter's park. The roof's going to be closed, probably. They're going up against a young pitcher for the Tigers, Spencer Turnbull. Um, Not someone I know a ton about. He's super cheap, doesn't come in um, with really a, a big sample size from last year, but I think that this is a guy we can be attacking um, depending on the split. So, we have Turnbull coming in at $6,000. I'm going to head over to Fangraphs right now just to take a look at some of his numbers. So last year, he had 16 total innings pitched in the majors, which was his first ever time in the majors for the Tigers. Obviously, that's that's way, way too small of a sample size to be you know accurately getting info on pitchers. I mean, he gave up a, a 292 Woba to righties in, a, in 7.1 innings. Like, that is not nearly, you know, large enough sample size. He gave up only one home run um, in these 16 innings, you know, over the course of last season, obviously seeing very limited time. Doesn't seem to, you know, have a massive strikeout rate, 21% against lefties, 22% against righties. You know, I'm going to side with some of the Blue Jays hitters in this uh, in this matchup. I also think that the Blue Jays are in a really nice spot just for the fact that some of these guys on their lineup aren't super expensive. I mean, Vlad Guerrero Jr., if you look on DK, is the most expensive hitter, and he's 4.3K. He's not even in the major leagues yet. So just based on the salary flexibility and the roster construction ease that some of these Toronto hitters bring, you know, listen, we can get Justin Smoke at 3.9, Kevin Plar at 3.7, you can drop down, um, and depending on who actually makes the lineup today, we have Brandon Drury at 3.3, you know, we can take this team and use them as kind of the system I've always used, is like a, a filler stack, or right, you have a team that's lower in the implied run total list, right, they're, they're not at the top tier, which means that they're, one, they're going to be cheaper, and two, hopefully they go overlooked in tournaments, which is what I mostly play in, you know, baseball at least. Um, you know, so we take this secondary team stack, which is going to be like Toronto today, and then you pair them off with other teams. You, know, you want to get up to, you know, hypothetically, the, the Red Sox were on the slate or the Dodgers were on the slate and the Yankees were on the slate. You would take Toronto as that secondary team and use the salary flexibility to 
you know, drop some of those guys in your lineup. Then you can pair one one of your you know entries off with the Yankees, the next one off the Red Sox, the next one off with the Dodgers, the Astros, whoever it may be. And if we expect Toronto to exceed their four point, what is it, four point four seven implied run total, then if they do what they can do and the Yankees, the Red Sox, or whoever it may be, you know, hits their run total, now we're in a great spot in tournaments. So Toronto is a team I really have my eye on uh, for this early slate. All right, so that's a pretty good look at the early slate. Moving on to the night slate, we have Kenta Maeda coming in as the most expensive pitching option on DK. He comes in at 10.1. We have the Dodgers coming in as the largest home favorite on the night slate. They are minus 170. Uh, Going up against the Arizona Diamondbacks, that game has an over-under sitting at 7.5. Now, we have the Cubs at the Rangers game coming in with a 9.5 over-under, which is highest on the entire day, highest on the night slate specifically, but highest on the entire day. It also is one of the absolute best hitting environments, one, because of the park, two, because of the weather. So we're expecting plenty, plenty of ownership in that game, combined with the fact that you Darvish is pitching for the Cubs. He certainly didn't look great last year. And then we have Edison Volquez pitching for Texas. Uh, I would say two pitchers we can um, pretty comfortably attack. Going to the Cubs tonight, going to the Rangers tonight, will not be sneaky um, in any capacity. So just be ready for that. When it comes to the pitching options on the night slate, Kenta Maeda might be the best overall pitcher on the slate, regardless of price, regardless of uh, really anything else. Coming in with a 28.8% strikeout rate last season, a 14.5% swinging strike rate, which is the second highest of any pitcher on the slate besides Bryce Wilson for Atlanta, who had a bit of a smaller sample size last year. Going up against the Arizona Diamondbacks for a 24.1% strikeout rate versus right-handed pitchers last year. Certainly, certainly on board with Maeda. The issue is as it always will be, is that for some reason, Dave Roberts, the manager of the Dodgers, loves to pull pitchers way too early, really tilting. It's like uh, they're up, they're going to be on deck or whatever, uh, You know, obviously in the NL, and they pull them like an inning too early when the pitcher is just crushing it out there with getting strikeouts, and then it just limits their fantasy upside so, so much knowing that he's going to be pulled early. Eduardo Rodriguez is right behind him at $9,000. Uh, I, I think we can be going to Eduardo Rodriguez, I want to say, pretty comfortably today. The issue is he's going up against the Seattle Mariners, who, have a, who only had a 20% strikeout rate versus left-handed pitchers last season, which is obviously super low. And paying $9,000 for a guy who isn't going to be getting a lot of strikeouts can always be an issue. So where would we possibly be going? Now, we can go to a guy, I think, like Brandon Woodruff for... Uh, Milwaukee in GPPs. Now, I know it's obviously a very risky option. We know that this uh, Cardinals team is is shaping up to be pretty solid, pretty, pretty solid this year. But Woodruff ended last season with a 26.7% strikeout rate, a 53% ground ball rate, which is obviously interesting because we know he's not a big strikeout pitcher. We know most of his outs are going to become via the ground ball. So his upside is potentially limited. But St. Louis had a 22.3% strikeout rate versus right-handed pitching last year. And at $7,800, I think the salary flexibility along with the potential to limit damage via the ground ball rate could be something we we might want to be interested in tonight. Now, if we continue to drop down, you know, could we look at a guy like Derek Rodriguez for San Francisco Giants who, you know, certainly, certainly um, put up some numbers at times last season, right? Uh, You know, 21 total games, 19 games started, 
Um, he had 89 strikeouts in 118 innings last year. He averaged 14.7 DraftKings points per game. Uh, but the matchup for him today is just so, so good going up against the San Diego Padres. He started. He had two starts against them last season, 14 innings pitched, 13 strikeouts against them for an average of 23.5 DraftKings points. $7,500 for a guy who could potentially get 20 plus DK points is obviously firmly in play any single slate. So of course, I think you have to at least have some amount of interest in him. One, because the matchup is good. Two, we have a, obviously a good pitcher's park here in uh, San Diego. Uh, and the fact that the Padres had a 25.7% strikeout rate versus right-handing pitching last year. Rodriguez isn't some flame-throwing pitcher by himself, an 18.3% strikeout rate from last season, but he has a good price. He has a good matchup. He has at least some... I don't know. I'm not going to say he has their number, but he has some familiarity with that lineup that he hopefully can get it done and start off the season strong. So I do like him today, you know, especially on a smaller six-game slate where we need to find you know, as much value as we possibly can in a might come at pitcher. So I'm certainly on board with him, and I kind of like the idea of listen, if we really want to get interesting, Brett Anderson for the Athletics tonight. Maybe, maybe him. We know he's 6.4. We know he is also not not a big strikeout pitcher. He actually comes in with one of the lowest strikeout rates on the board, sitting at 14.1. Uh, certainly not very good. He has a 55% ground ball rate, which is what he's going to be relying on. Going up against the Angels, who have a 21.4% strikeout rate versus left-handed pitching, which is obviously very low, but we also have the Angels coming in with one of the lower implied team totals on the board, and not necessarily a team, I would say, overall, we need to be afraid of. So it's obviously a great pitcher's park. Um, 6.4K for Anderson. You know, he averaged 15.5 DK points in three starts against the Angels last season. I think that's in the mix today on a six-game slate. I, I really do. So Anderson and, you know, Kenta Maeda obviously makes things easy when it comes to roster construction. Eduardo Rodriguez for Boston. And, you know, like I said, you could go to uh, Brandon Woodruff. I think that's fine. Um, really need to mix things up on a smaller slate where we don't have, you know, a, a, a ton of options to be going to. When it comes to the hitting options on tonight's slate, um, we, Milwaukee's on this slate. They were not on the early slate. They're on the, the night slate, which is, should make them one of the more popular teams. Again, Texas and uh, Chicago Cubs on this slate with a 9.5 over under. The Cubs coming with a second highest implied team total on the entire day, sitting at 5.02. The Rangers at 4.48, kind of right behind them. We're in for a bit of a shootout here. And doing a game stack here is obviously fantastic, but it's not going to be sneaky in any capacity. So you just have to know that. The Athletics actually come with a 4.38 implied team total, which is a bit interesting. I think we might want to be looking there in GPPs along with going to potentially the Dodgers. Now, going to the Dodgers has been, you know, pretty solid stuff the past, or the first two days of the season, I should say, especially opening day with, well, they have seven home runs in that game. The the uh, Diamondbacks had one or two. They set some record for most home runs in an opening day game or whatever. I think you can be firmly going to the Dodgers as well. For me, I really want to be, you know, focusing in on the Brewers today. I think that the Brewers on this slate. Um, really should shape up nicely, uh, hopefully, when it comes to the ownership department going up against Chicago and Texas. If they're going to be, um, you know, lower owned, that's the stack I want to be going with. The question is, where do you go for a secondary stack, right? We know the Dodgers are on the slate. They're going to be expensive. We know Boston is on the slate, uh, the 9-10 game at Seattle, but they're also going to be expensive regardless of the fact that it's not a great, you know, hitter's park. So I'm on board with going to a team like Oakland as that secondary stack, 
Not really afraid of Felix Pena pitching for the Angels today, so I'm on board with going to Milwaukee and Oakland as kind of, uh, you know, these two stacks that I'll be rolling out, the majority of the stacks. Going to have some exposure to, uh, you know, Chicago and Texas, that's without a question, but... You know, I, I like some of the savings on some of these guys on Oakland, obviously depending on who makes the starting lineup. Milwaukee obviously has a lot a lot of guys that are much, much more expensive. Yelich, Aguiar, Braun, Thames, Mustaka, Shaw, whoever happens to find the starting lineup today. We know that Braun played two days in a row. Uh, we could be seeing Eric Thames out there. We know they limited Braun last year at times just due to you know, getting a little bit older, dealing with some injuries. They want to, you know, give him some rest days. And, you know, tonight might be that day after two straight days of playing. It could be themes out there today. So just keep that in mind once the lineups come out. All right, so that does it for today's podcast. As always, you can find it on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play. It's all over the place. Give it a like, follow, or subscribe. Follow me on Twitter at DFS underscore Tom. And until next time, good luck in your contests.